and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are here and our hope is that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We have Christine Geshwam share with us today on how we must unlock our memories of God. Our memories are so vital to our existence and so how we remember the past matters. Do we look at the past through the lens of finding God in every good and bad season or do we make it all about ourselves? Hi church, what a joy and privilege it is to share God's word with you today. Um as we heard last week from our pastor Jeremy, he talked about unlocking what matters to the kingdom. And so in keeping with that, I'm continuing to speak on unlocking because most of the world is still in lockdown. Chennai specifically we have Sundays as a lockdown day and so whatever our emotions are can we just lay it down right now and just open ourselves up to hear what God has to speak to us we looked at last week what it looks like to unlock what the kingdom of God has for us those treasures the secrets of the kingdom of God and today i've titled my message as unlocking our memories of God and what does that look like you know if you look at every human what sets us apart from other parts of the animal kingdom and even from any other creature is the fact that we have memories and memories that are vital to our very existence memories that mark us for life i work in the area of trauma and so one of the things that we are repeatedly taught is that trauma most of it exists in our memories something that happened to us even when we were children marks us and then when we have those repetitive memories come to the surface our body reacts we we develop uh, panic disorders we de- develop anxiety and so what we do as therapy is actually bringing people into a safe place with a counselor with a therapist or using dance or art and allowing them to express that memory and then telling them hey guess what that memory is just a memory it is not your reality it's not your present reality and so healing actually comes when we access those memories and why am i speaking so much about memories why now why at this point of our lives i believe that each of us no matter what our life has looked like over the past maybe 15 20 30 60 years 70 years i don't know you have memories but when you look back what do you see first do you see what you went through do you see the difficult parts that you have walked do you see maybe those highs those career highs those relationship highs do you see those lows where you were all alone seemingly but today i want us to look back at those memories and look at it with a god perspective looking at it and saying hey you know what that incredibly low moment there was peace in that there was an intervention by a close friend that was god it's identifying god in those memories and remembering that the god who did that can do more than we can imagine in our present we're living in times that are troubling uh, i don't know about you but this week for me i have been wrestling feelings of worry panic you name it uh, just with the, the kind of news that is coming at us from every direction uh, now that covid has started hitting children it it really got to me you know and it came to this place where i felt like i didn't have control of my emotions i was just freaking out and then i had to come back to this place of saying what am i trusting in who am i trusting in i had to remember that god had done so much for us over the past year and this same god he hasn't changed he continues to be god and when i remember who he has been over the past 36 years of my life i cannot 
but thank him for what he's going to do in the present, for what he's going to do in the future. Because I don't know how it's going to look. I don't know how things are going to turn out. But this I know he is faithful. He's consistent. He's constant. And so I want us today to unlock our memories. Go back down memory lane, even the painful memories and say, you know what, God, I want to see you in that. I want to see you in that. And so today my focus is going to be entirely on Psalm chapter 78. It's a mass kill, which is basically a psalm which was used to teach people about, you know, their past, their history. And it's written by Asaph. And so this maskil is a long one. So we're not going to read the whole thing. Uh, you can do this after the service today. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at it in different portions. And we're going to understand something that is very foundational to our Christian faith. And that is our memory, our memory of God. You know, it's important that we remember who God has been so that we will trust God with the present and with the future. And so in this psalm, almost five times in the matter of 78 verses, the, the psalmist writes five times over how God's people forgot God. They refused to remember him. They forgot the covenant. Words like this are repeated time and time again. And so that's how I, the word memory, the word remembering, jumped off the pages at me and it was like God was reminding me, you know, you're, you're panicking as if I've changed. You're panicking as if I left the room. When I'm still here, I'm still God. Even if your world is in a panic, even if your world feels like it's shutting down fast around you, I am still in charge. And that's what a good memory does. That's what a God memory does. And so before we get into actually why we need to remember, I want us to look at Psalm 78 to first understand a couple of attributes of God. And already we probably know these. I mean, we all, those of us who know the Lord for some time, we see these attributes of him all around us. But I just want us to remember this. We want, Let's just reminisce of who God is through the eyes of the psalmist. Can we look at Psalm chapter 78 verses 13 to 16? This is what it says. For he divided the sea and led them through, making the water stand up like walls. In the daytime, he led them by a cloud and all night by a pillar of fire. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water as from a gushing stream. He made streams pour from the rock, making the waters flow down like a river. This is not an ordinary feat. If you've seen a rock, there is no way water comes from a rock. If you've seen the mighty oceans in and around where you live, can you imagine the waters being moved apart and dry path being laid? Impossible. Maybe you're saying, you know what, God's not done that to me. He has God protected you every single time you went out and came in. Maybe you faced insurmountable obstacles, but somehow you came out the other side unscathed. That's a mighty God. That is the almighty God we serve. He's omnipotent, beyond our understanding. His power is beyond our understanding. A, a, a God who walked the earth, the winds and the waves obeyed him. He fed 4,000 people like it was a banquet of 20. That was him. His power cannot be defined by us. His power can be cannot be explained by us. And that is such a relief because imagine we had a God who we can actually say, you know, logically, this is what he's going to do in this situation. But he's beyond understanding. He's so mighty. And so that's the important thing. The psalmist is reminding us that, hey, this is who our God is. Why have you forgotten him? First thing, he's almighty. He's almighty. The second thing, he is patient. Look at Psalm 78 verses 38 and 41. It says, yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury. Verse 41, again and again, they tested God's patience and provoked the Holy One of Israel. 
I don't know about you, but you know, as parents, our, our patience runs thin towards the end of the day. At the, in the morning when we wake up, we wake up with these resolutions. You know, I'm going to be really patient. I'm going to like answer every question, um, you know, handle every fight. But by five in the evening, we have come to the end of our rope. And we don't have patience for anybody. But here is a God over 40 years in the wilderness dealing with a stubborn, obstinate group of people much like us. Patient, so patient. They would say, they would just drink water from a rock and then they would travel a couple of kilometers and then again say, oh, you know what? I wish we had the cucumbers in the leeks of Egypt. How often have you and I been that way? But we said, you know what? God's not going to do anything. I can't hear him in this season. But he's so patient with us. He's so patient. A lot of times as believers, we, we expect other new believers, the babes in Christ to just kind of, you know, come up to speed. And we're not patient with them. But hey, guess what? God is so patient with us. Let's exercise that patience with each other and understand that his patience is so great. We cannot understand it. But he is so patient with us. The third thing, he is a disciplinarian. Psalm 78 verses 58 to 64 says this, They angered God by building shrines to other gods. They made him jealous with their ideas. When God heard them, he was very angry and he completely rejected Israel. Then he abandoned his dwelling at Shiloh, the tabernacle where he had lived among the people. He allowed the ark of his might to be captured. He surrendered his glory into enemy hands. He gave his people over to be butchered by the sword because he was so angry with his own people his special possession. Young men were killed by fire. Their young women died before singing their wedding songs. Their priests were slaughtered and their widows could not mourn their deaths. It's so easy sometimes when we, you know, when we teach our children about God to create an image of this uh, gigantic teddy bear in the sky who just loves us endlessly. And yes, he loves us, but like any good parent, he disciplines us. When we had our first son, I remember one of my friends telling me that he would be under such tight control by me that we would go to their house for dinner and if he had to take a second piece of cake, he would look over at me to see if I'm looking at him because I would control him with this with my eyes. And he would, if he had even taken the extra piece, he would just drop it and back away from the table. Um, and I remember him thinking that I was really strict. But as he grew older, he would watch other kids embarrass themselves and their parents in public. And he would come over to me and say, so this is why you did what you did. Because you didn't want me to look foolish in public. It's because you cared for me. That's fundamentally what God was doing. He loved his people that he disciplined them. Let's not forget that this kind, compassionate God is incredibly holy. When you know when our sin is disturbing him, he will discipline us. He will correct us out of love, not out of wrath, not out of a pettiness. You know, a lot of times we parents, we want to make a point to our children, but he's not like that. He wants to discipline us because he loves us. He is a disciplinarian. The next thing is he's compassionate. Psalm 78 verse 39 says this, For he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. A lot of parenting experts, you know, the gurus would say, when you're bringing up a little child, don't expect them to behave like an adult. So when I have a six-year-old, I can't expect him to behave like a 16-year-old. So when he does funny things or stupid things, I cannot react as how I would react to a 16-year-old. I need to give him the benefit that he's a child. When God looks at you and me, however old we are, however young we are, he understands our humanity. He, he says, he gives us, you know, this whole long rope of saying, hey, I know how frail you are. 
So today you are saying I'm battling this particular sin cycle. There's something I keep repeating even though I don't want to do it. Can I tell you he's a compassionate God. He knows that we are human. He knows that we are frail and he gives us grace. His grace is in abundance. So allow yourself to be held by that grace. Allow yourself to be loved by this God. And the final attribute of God that I saw consistently in this psalm was from verse 67 to 71. It says he's a sovereign God. Let's read that. But he rejected Joseph's descendants. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. He chose instead the tribe of Judah and Mount Zion, which he loved. There he built his sanctuary as high as the heavens, as solid and enduring as the earth. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. It's interesting that when Jacob was about to die, he prays a prayer of blessing over all 12 sons. And he blesses Jacob, uh, Joseph, not just as Joseph, but for Manasseh and Ephraim. He gives them separate blessings. And he even says Ephraim would be the, the leader and Manasseh would serve him. And Judah, was he didn't have a clean track record. If you remember the story with Tamar, he had a tainted past. But yet in the blessings that he gives, he chooses Judah and says he will be royalty. He will rule over his brothers. It's not. It looks to our eyes as partiality. It looks as like favoritism. But that is God's divine choice. That is his sovereign will. In another part of the Bible, it says, Esau, I hated. Jacob, I loved. And for us, it's, sometimes we can nitpick on that and say, you know what, our God is partial. Our God is this, our God is that. But here's the thing. God is sovereign. We don't understand him. We're not meant to understand him. We're meant to know him. We're not meant to understand him. We're not meant to understand why he does what he does. And in the situation that we're in, um, as a, as a sisterhood in our church, we've been meditating on the miracles of Jesus. And in that, it says that Jesus healed every ailment, every sickness. And all of us are unanimously having this question is, why is he not healing COVID right now? Why is he not stopping it? Those who have passed away, those who are ailing, why? We don't have the answer. But one thing we do know, he's sovereign. He has the answers. He does not owe us explanations. And yet in his kindness, he reveals to us these little tidbits of his will, of what he has in store for us. He shows us things beyond our understanding sometimes. He reveals it. But it comes down to this, that he is sovereign. It's a word that the millennials do not like because it in indicates a lack of control. It indicates a lack of logic. But hey, you know what? When you worship this God, you don't need logic. You don't need control. You need to surrender. And so that's the God that we see in Psalm 78, incredibly sovereign incredibly powerful and mighty, compassionate, a disciplinarian because he loves us so deeply and very patient with us. And so I want us to look at now, why is it important to unlock our memories and to remember God in those? Because all of us, let's face it, my dad had this interesting nickname, which I'm not going to share on, on, uh, on, on the service right now, but he was someone who reminisced throughout his life. Till today, I know some of the stories of his childhood because he has such a great memory. He would tell it to us over and over again. And once he was saved, once he was born again, those stories started getting uh, tinted with God moments. He would tell us how, you know, he maybe talked an exam and how it was not his ability, but was God. And so that's what memories need to do. Our memories can be a mile long and that's great. But will you bring God into it? Will you ask him, God, put those lens on me? The lens where I see you in it, lest I forget you, lest I forget what you have done in the past, lest I think right now I'm all alone, 
let's look at the memories of our past through the lens of god the first reason why it's important to remember what god has done is to teach the next generation about him i want us to look at verses 4 to 6 this is what it says we will not hide these truths from our children we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the lord about his power and his mighty wonders for he issued his laws to jacob he gave his instructions to israel he commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them even the children not yet born and they in turn will teach their own children what i've seen in my family's life is what you don't talk about you will forget if you don't talk about how god has been faithful in your life your children will never know this god there's this um very confronting verse in judges which says then they came about a generation who knew nothing of the god of israel and you know honestly when we have kids let's face it our careers are not the top of the line priority our our influence is not the greatest thing you know what should be the greatest thing of imparting our faith to them end of my life if i want to be considered a success i want my three children to know the lord and to serve him in some capacity are we intentional about teaching the next generation maybe you don't have children and that's completely fine you don't get disqualified from this point who are the spiritual children you can bring into your embrace who can you mentor who can you disciple let us not stop speaking of what god has done in your, our lives to the next generation the the sad thing about today with the amount of social media the amount of content that is available in our uh, online streaming platforms is this if we don't influence our children with the right things the things of the world will influence them social media will influence them trends will influence the influencers of the world will influence them do you want that i don't want that i know that for sure and when i read this i realized that you know every moment is a teachable one with children every time i talk to my three children they ask me especially my youngest loves to hear the story of how he was born and so when we narrate it to him we always tell him about how god was in every detail whether he remembers you know all the other details we want him to know this that he was planned by god that god brought him forth at the right time what stories are you telling your children are you telling them about how people cheated you in the past how you were let down by people so therefore you know don't trust people what are the stories we're telling them what if we turn that on his head and say you know what i'm going to teach you from my life i made mistakes but in that how god has been gracious to me how god has been so kind how god has been so patient with me maybe you've struggled with doubt maybe your faith is not where you wish it was but still if you can tell your children hey you know what i'm struggling but i know this that my god is patient with me he's kind with me he's answering some of my questions so you can ask the same god your questions what if that's what we do intentionally teaching the next generation that's why we need to remember what we don't talk about we will not remember we will forget and so let's remember that's the first thing the second thing is why must we remember what god has done to fight our battles boldly psalm 78 verses 9 to 12 the warriors of ephraim though armed with bows turned their backs and fled on the day of battle they did not keep god's covenant and refused to live by his instructions they forgot what he had done the great wonders he had shown them the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of zoan in the land of egypt it's interesting because it feels like asaph has something against the people of ephraim and he he leans more towards judah but here's the deal we don't know exactly which battle this was where ephraim refrained from fighting 
but here they were prepared for battle they had their armor they had their weapon and yet on the day of battle they turned and fled and it reminds me so much of me sometimes you know god has given me every weapon i need to engage in active warfare and so many times because of fear because of doubt i've been crippled and not actually moved forward in faith and fought the enemy head on but maybe it's time we actually engage with all the weapons that are at our disposal we have music we have worship we have our words we have movement we have so many weapons at our disposal what are we doing with that are we engaged ready and poised for battle not that we're going to pick a fight with a person no our enemy is a spiritual adversary he is waiting to demolish us he is waiting to devour us in this season you know whether covid is spreading we know it is spreading whether that is the predominant problem the predominant problem is fear the the, the news outlets have created fear in all our hearts we're afraid of sending our children out we're afraid of stepping out even for essentials we are paranoid and that is a bigger problem and that needs to be addressed head on what are we going to do when we face enemies like this will we turn tail and run or will we stand firm stand our ground and engage in prayer in warfare that's the calling for us today will you remember what god has done because when you remember the people of ephraim forgot that in every battle that they had fought thus far God was in those battles. It's amazing when you read 1 Samuel 2 Samuel that every battle that King Saul and David were engaged in God gave them the strategy. He said, "You know what? You go and stand here. When you hear the trees moving, I'm moving ahead of you." It blows my mind because he had a strategy for every war. No battle was without the Lord in it. And when God was not in it, they lost. Today, you and i have a god who's involved in our battles he has given us every weapon we need are we running for the hills or are we standing our ground and saying you know what enemy no more no more fear no more anxiety no more worry maybe i'm drowning in sickness right now but no enough i'm going to be healed i'm going to be well in my mind in my body in every relationship spiritually it requires us to stand up and fight because we remember who god has been we remember those battles we fought sometimes not even realizing they were battles and then we realize god helped me then he will help me again god is in this battle i don't have to worry i just have to literally stand up and declare his word and he does the rest so let's be battle ready let's not turn and run instead let's stand strong and face the enemy head on knowing that we have a victorious god on our side the third thing is to trust god completely because let's face it when we forget who god is we forget that he's trustworthy i want us to read verses 17 to 22 this is what it says yet they kept on sinning against him rebelling against the most high in the desert they stubbornly tested god in their hearts demanding the foods they craved they even spoke against god himself saying god can't give us food in the wilderness yes he can strike a rock so water gushes out but he can't give his people bread and meat when the lord heard them he was furious the fire of his wrath burned against jacob yes his anger rose against israel for they did not believe god or trust him to care for them guilty as charged because so often i forgotten i thought that i cared for my family more than god cared for them it looks sometimes like as if i need to play god for everybody in my life 
you know i need to make sure everything is okay everyone is okay everyone's well taken care of am i making everyone happy but hey you know what i'm human i can't do it and that's when i have to remember that god cares for every single person i love way more than i could ever love them or care for them and so that's why it's so important when we talk about who god has been that we will start to look at him and say you know what god i trust you <laughs> your plans and my plans don't coincide you did something 10 years back i think you're going to do something radically different this time around and i will trust you i don't understand it but it's okay i'll trust you will i be able to do that it happens only when we keep remembering again and again what he has done in the past i was listening to a sermon by uh, pastor craig groshell's wife and she explained this very interesting thing she said when someone faints i don't know if you fainted but if you fainted you you may not have known this but someone who's caring for you when you fainted will tell you this that you will faint or you will fall in the direction you were last leaning let me repeat that you will fall in the direction you were last leaning so if you are leaning on god can you picture this when you actually have a huge tempest hit you you fall into the arms of god but say you trusting on your wealth say you trusting on your career say you trusting in your marriage say you trust in your children more than you trust god when the storms of life hit you and yes they will the fall won't be pretty which side are we leaning on today where are we leaning are we leaning on the shoulders of the everlasting god are we saying lord you know what i trust you because you've done so much for me I can't put that down even there's so much that you've done I will trust you there is so much uncertainty yet I will trust you I don't know how these test results are going to come out yet I will trust you that's what this does where are we leaning because the direction we lean is the direction we fall the fourth thing is to remember consistently what God has been doing in the past helps us to repent genuinely you know uh, in our family we have this interesting thing that happens when the three children fight and you know the volumes will increase when one is screaming or one is crying and so uh, my husband will usually bring them all together and force them to say sorry to each other it's worked when they were babies and you know in that toddler stage but now you should see the aggression that they have and and then sometimes just to rub it in he'll say you know hug each other and it's just lip service they 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 are not forgiving each other they are angry with each other still but they won't even hug each other with love they just kind of shoulder bump and you know just kind of mumble something under their breath and then they'll go back into the room and the fight continues look at what verses 34 to 36 says when god began killing them they finally sought him they repented and took god seriously then they remembered that god was their rock that god most high was their redeemer but all they gave him was lip service they lied to him with their tongues sounds like my children they gave him just lip service it wasn't a repentance of the heart when i look back at what god has done in the past my repentance for my present doubt is real because i feel so ashamed like lord that's i mean you've done so much how can i do anything but trust you and yet my doubt is regular yet sometimes my faith gets shaky i'm sorry lord and so our repentance is ongoing like we've been we talked about repentance last year in the detox series where it is something that happens consistently so don't don't feel bad if you're going back to god and saying lord I, i doubted you again this time it's okay will you come back in repentance will you remember what he's done and say you know what lord you're right you don't change i'm sorry for doubting you i'm sorry for doubting your intentions lord i'm sorry for doubting your character i'm sorry for believing only what i want to believe can our repentance be deep can it be heartfelt 
the last thing that I want us to look at is that when we start remembering the past with God in it, it helps us to love him wholeheartedly. I want us to read Psalm chapter 78, verse 37. It says this, their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. Hearts that are disloyal. You know, and you may think that's not my problem. You know, I am very loyal. Loyalty is, you know, my thing. But can I ask you this? Is your heart divided between having more stuff, more influence, more power, greedy for what some relationship can give you? Are you maybe trusting more in people than you trust in God? Those are symptoms of a divided heart. The psalmist says in another psalm, give me an undivided heart so I will fear your name. A heart that is divided is a heart that is disloyal because in the midst of problems, it will turn at different things and look at different things and say, you know what, maybe I can fix it myself. Maybe I can ask this person. Maybe that doctor friend of mine can help. But a heart that is fixed on him, the heart that is united, we look first at the creator and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is it you have for me? So often as parents, as spouses, as children, our hearts are so divided and we feel like, you know what, it's it's rightfully so. I mean, God's given me these children. I need to, you know, be entirely invested in them. But today God is asking us to relook at our hearts and say, hey, do you love me with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength? Because that is the greatest commandment. That is the covenant. He wants us to love him like that. And what happens then? So you may ask me, okay, so I love God with all my heart. And then what happens to everyone else that has been entrusted to me? All the other people in my life. Guess what? It's amazing because when we start loving God with all our heart, all our energies are focused towards, you know, Lord, what is on your heart? Who do you want me to bless? How can I bless someone? How can I serve someone? The byproduct of loving God with all our heart is to love our families better, is to to do well at our careers, is to further God's influence in the kingdom. Nothing suffers when God is front and center. When our hearts are loyal to God, nothing else suffers. It's interesting. This is a time when all of us have been moved into work from home modes. So a lot of us are, uh, we have different jobs that we balance and we juggle. And it should be a time when we can actually carve out time for God because we're sitting in the same place. Let's face it, we have a laptop on the side. We have, uh, you know, our dining, t- dining table. So one would imagine that the Christians had way more time to spend with their God because now they were all stuck at home. But it's funny because those of us who know the Lord, our time with the Lord has dwindled. We have thought our jobs needed more of us. We thought that maybe I need to entertain my children to the maximum ability because they're so bored. And you know what suffered the most? Our relationship with God. But can I ask us today, if our relationship with God is relegated and given the back seat, everything that we need to walk into in this season, COVID's not going to last forever. We have a season ahead of this. We will not have the strength for that season. We will not be prepared for what that season holds for us. This is the time. This is the time to spend time with God, to Bring our loyalties before him, to surrender to him and say, you know what, Lord? Yes, I have been pursuing wealth. Yes, I've been pursuing that career promotion. Yes, I've been pursuing uh, my spouse. I feel like we are on the rocks. Yes. But what if I shifted everything around and said, Lord, I just want you. I want a heart that is passionate about you. And then you will find that he helps you in your relationship. He will help you with your children. He will help you in your work. Let's not get that order mixed up because it's so easy to have a divided heart 
and to lose out on what's most important. You were created for relationship with God. And so I urge you today, will you remember who God has been? It's not enough to just give him a lip service. Today, it has to come from the heart. Can we say, Lord, my heart has been so divided. Bring it back, unite it so that I will fear your name, a holy fear, a reverent fear, that I put you back where you belong in my life, front and center. What if I was to say, Lord, my repentance is going to be deep from now on. It's not going to be just, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm not spending enough time with you. But no, actually closing that laptop, closing my phone down for some time, switching it off maybe, turning down all the noises and allowing him to speak to you because he is waiting to speak to each of you. He is waiting that the speaking of God is not limited to just a few. He wants to speak to each one of us. What if you did just that? What if you taught your children to listen to God's voice as well? Do it together as a family. Have a family altar. As a family, you learn to trust God completely. What if as an individual, you start to lean on the everlasting arms of God and you say, you know what, Lord, no matter what happens, I know I'll fall into your arms. I'll fall into your embrace. I'm safest there. Today, I want to, want to end on this note that, you know, as followers of Jesus, our memories can either break us or make us. What are you remembering? Are you remembering that in those highs and in those lows, you had a God who was constant. Are you remembering that every path that felt like a long-winded route had a purpose? What if you remember that every road that had potholes that were too many to count, God literally carried you over those? What if you remember those valley experiences when you were felt all alone, but then you remember there was a constant peace around you? And now you realize who that was. What if you realize that everything big or small had the imprint of God on it? If you're someone who knows the Lord for a long time, but you've forgotten because your memory has had a glitch, you've forgotten that there was God at every season. Maybe you've had short-term memory loss like me. So often we forget what God has done and we think, you know what, God, I'm going to limit you because this is how much, this is a space you can work in. But God is saying, hey, take the limits off because I'm limitless. I'm almighty. I will astound you if you will allow me to. Will you allow me to show you my compassion? However hard your situation is, I know. I know just how hard your struggle is. I've walked those roads, I know. Can I just urge you to start remembering afresh what God wants you to remember and that you will see God every step of the way, that you will fight your battles boldly. Maybe you're saying right now you've tested positive, you're afraid, but can I say that you have Jesus with you right now in that room he is with you. He promises to heal you. He promises to be with you every step of the way. Maybe you're struggling with a, in a relationship. Maybe your marriage is not where you want it to be. Maybe you're on the verge of a separation or a divorce. He's saying, I'm with you. I will fight with you. I will fight for you. Maybe you're thinking, I've not felt love in a long time. But can I just say this? He loves you so deeply. He loves you so passionately. And if you would remember all that he's done, you will see that, that that's the theme. Love is the theme. He loves you. He will do anything for you. Father, I just pray right now that each of us, each of us, Lord, will experience you in all your might, in all your goodness, in all your love and compassion, in all your patience. And Father, we just repent of times when we have limited your power and times when we have thought we knew more than you and times when our heart has been so divided, Lord. And we just come back to you, Father, and we say, all of us, every part of our heart belongs to you. And Lord, we just rededicate our lives to you. And we pray that, Lord, 
whenever the tendency to rehash something that was painful, that we look for your fingerprints on that. Whenever, Lord, the past threatens to overtake us, that we'll remember that, Lord, you had a plan in everything that happened to us. Nothing is wasted. We love you, Lord, and we pray that you will continue to do mighty things in our lives, that we will trust in you, Lord, that we will lean on you, for you hold us so tight and you love us so well. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.